Hello, and welcome to the Rediscovering Play podcast brought to you by Biba. I'm your host, Mike Rosen. As we've previously discussed, our mission at Biba and the goal of this podcast is to investigate, explore, and question what it means to play for kids in this modern era. Whether that's through building mobile games designed to get kids back out on playgrounds to get the physical activity that they need, or doing a deep dive into parenting tips in this new technological age, we are committed to rediscovering the idea of play for today's families. And what better time to be rediscovering play? While many of us are finding ourselves spending way more time inside and working from home these days, it's understandable that we might be trying to figure out how best to maintain a sense of normalcy and how to avoid going completely stir-crazy while cooped up indoors. This is especially true for parents who are dealing with the fact that their children are home, schools are closed, playdates and activities are limited, and on top of that, kids have questions about what's going on in the world and parents need to know how best to answer them appropriately. How do we maintain a sense of play in these trying times? How do we play with our children in a way that's both fun and safe? How do we maximize the limits of our confined spaces to make sure that our kids are still able to get the physical activity that they need? On this next series of episodes of Biba's Rediscovering Play podcast, we aim to answer these questions and more through conversations with parents, childcare workers, medical staff, and various other industry professionals to provide you with helpful tips and tricks, new perspectives, and fresh insights to help ensure that you and your family can stay happy, healthy, and active while we navigate this new current at-home situation. Join us while we rediscover play together. On this episode of Biba's Rediscovering Play podcast, we speak with Erin Shum. Erin was the first Chinese woman elected to the Vancouver Board of Parks and Recreation, where she served as a park board commissioner and was subsequently nominated as vice chair. In the last two years, Erin has opened a licensed multi-age childcare facility in the Renfrew Heights neighborhood of Vancouver and is enjoying her time with her husband and their two-year-old daughter. We speak with Erin about the way that childcare providers have been forced to change their routines given what's going on in the world right now, ways that parents can continue to reach out to each other to build networks and communities of other parents in the same boat as they are to share best practices and ways of getting through these tough times, and also some suggestions for things that parents can do with their children and as families so that they can keep each other engaged, safe, and spending time together. I hope you enjoy today's conversation and find there to be some useful tips. Okay. Hey, Aaron. How's it going? Great. Thank you. Cool. I really appreciate you. I'm doing well. Thanks. Trying, uh, trying my best to keep cool in these times. Obviously, I think a lot of us are, are adapting to a new normal now for the next little bit. So um, settling into that. Um, oh, yes. But I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today because I know, again, things are, are busy and people are trying to juggle a lot of different um, obligations at this time. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat today. No problem. So I know that you are a mom and was curious how your family is adjusting to these new times and and, um, how everybody's sort of handling the balance of, you know, full-time parenting and full-time working and all that sort of stuff. Well, luckily for me, I have a not quite two-year-old little girl. So her day pretty much remains the same aside from unable to go to playgrounds. So I think that's a big issue for her these days. She's constantly dragging her toys and her baby stroller and hoping she can go to the park. And 
it's really heartbreaking to tell her that we can't go to the park where the playground is and we can only do walks around the neighborhood and we can't see grandma and grandpa who lives about 15 minutes by uh, by walking and you know the social distance thing is really hard and it's hard to explain it to a not quite two-year-old so right now um we're we're doing our best we can we try to keep her schedule busy um between like baking arts and crafts and uh hanging out with daddy and watching the wiggles yeah that's a that's a favorite <laughs> favorite show these days and i can say i probably memorize all the songs and know the lyrics by now yeah so as soon as this coronavirus is over we're getting tickets to uh see the wiggles Nice. That's a nice way to sort of yeah. cap off uh, the sort of weird times that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in terms of your, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. the, the challenges, especially with a, you know, a two-year-old um, mm -hmm. routine is so important. And, and, you know, when they get used to the idea of going to their local park or playground, um, not having that anymore, like you said, is a challenge. And there's not really any way to articulate them in a, in a meaningful way so that they understand what's going on. So what what's the state of the playground nearby, you guys? Like, I know that the city of Vancouver has um, put a ban on using playgrounds, but is it, like, blocked off and fenced off? Or is it just, you know, that you're not supposed to use it kind of thing? What, what steps has your local playground taken? Yeah, so where we're located, um, we actually have a large open field, grass field that's available. But the playground that is close to a field house where we're at we're located in Renfrew Heights and the playground right now actually has red tape all around the swing set the playground set the slides so basically it's not very welcoming and clearly as a two-year-old you're you're kind of curious on what that tape looks like but what's really interesting is I'm also a childcare owner and I employ two ECEs and currently we only have one child and um, based on licensing, before this COVID-19, we weren't allowed to use the playground to begin with due to the age um, that it's designed for. So we have children in our care that are from two to five-year-olds. And unfortunately, that playground is designed for five years old and up, which makes it difficult for any child to walk by a playground and not be able to climb or go down the slide or play in the swings because of the age limitations. So um, during this whole coronavirus, we just have to be creative. And luckily, we do have an open field where kids can take a little parachute and play there and they can blow bubbles and they can do little obstacles that we um, design for the children. Uh, but otherwise, uh, it's a lot of walks in the neighborhood, blowing bubbles and uh, hoping the uh, pandemic will end soon. Yeah. And it's interesting because, I, I mean, so much of, of what's been released from organizations like Outdoor Play Canada and a lot of other places where they keep talking about the importance of spending time outdoors and how good um, you know, sunlight is and physical activity is and how it's actually safer in open air environments because you don't have to deal with the confines of being in an indoor space, obviously while respecting um, rules of, of physical distancing and all those things. But again, with, with children, when you're taking them to a park space where they see the playground that they love spending time on and now they can't use that, I mean, that's, that's, that's got to be a challenge to, to manage. Very much so. So that's why we were hoping there's got to be some creative ways of making playground or pl outdoor play fun. And, you know, these kids now, they all know how to use digital devices. They know how an iPhone works. They know how an iPad works. So I think more and more we need to 
integrate these playgrounds and make good use of technology. I mean, if we're encouraging from our daycare that our teachers can FaceTime our kids that aren't here at daycare and having that social connection, these children are already fully aware of technology and they know how to use it. So why not have some sort of digital play for kids that now, especially now we can't use the playground, but some sort of digital play where they can make outdoor play fun. Totally. And I mean, I think that the really interesting thing sort of alongside that is um, I feel like the conversation around tech and play for kids has been a sticky subject for a lot of people and a lot of um, a lot of parents and a lot of different organizations take the stance of screens being a bad thing and them being sort of diametrically opposed to the outdoor physical play um, that kids that kids need and you know screens are bad and we need to manage all those things and you know when something like this happens and kids are spending way more time inside and parents are trying to figure out how to juggle work responsibilities when working from home and spending time managing their kids um, and, and playing with their kids and observing their kids and all that um, you know screens are, are obviously a much bigger part of that and I think that the interesting thing that I'm noticing happening, at least from my perspective, is that the conversation around it is sort of changing a little bit where people are realizing that it's not black and white and that there is good screen time and that there's bad screen time. And if there's opportunities to use screens, like you said, to use FaceTime to get teachers and students to interact or to be able to interact with your grandparents who might only be a 15 minute walk away, but that you can't see, or, hey, this is a moment for you know, parent and child or the whole family to be playing together using screens. And it's just another alternative. Maybe you're tired of doing arts and crafts and this is another way that you guys can be playing and engaging together. And yes. And certainly, and, and you know, what's really interesting is now I see from, you know, my friends and family and even some of my uh, childcare parents, they're using screen time and finding ways to like, how can I make it educational? Like we're going to watch some yoga online. We're going to go on YouTube, we're going to watch baby yoga, and we're going to use that screen to teach us how to do yoga, because otherwise parents are, have relied so much on childcare um, for the eight hours to take care of their children that they, they really are stuck, they, they're stumped, they don't know how to entertain their two to five-year-olds. So I, I find there's definitely ways we can encourage parents that hey, screen time isn't a bad thing. It's how we use it and how we integrate it into our family lifestyle. Totally. Yeah, there's a big difference between getting stuck in like a YouTube wormhole versus mm -hmm. like doing research online, for instance, or playing an educational game or watching videos that, you know, the National Geographic might be publishing for kids or whatever it might be. Yes. Yeah. So for you, I mean, obviously you have a fairly big network of, of moms that you know through your child care services and also through just being a young mom yourself. Do you feel like there's, a, there's been um, a lot of sort of best practice sharing between everybody? Are you guys sharing tips and tricks and, and learning and venting with each other? Oh, Is yes. That... We're, we're definitely, yeah, we're definitely saying how do childcare providers do it. I mean, kudos to the childcare providers and the ECEs that spend, you know, eight hours plus with um, young, young children. So I think right now we basically, we have a WhatsApp group. Um, we call and text each other and we share what kind of programs we can use. What are we watching? Um, what's fun? What's not? Um, what do you recommend? So, and we use a lot of our, um, 
online material and we actually show we send them to parents and say hey this is the craft that you can do today these are the materials you will need and this is the outcome of the the craft so parents are finding it really helpful um, by having you know uh, information that we sent out to them daily and um, sort of and another thing is what kind of meals you can make with your children because this is what we do at daycare like today is scrambled eggs with salsa so we're going to make salsa we're going to make scrambled eggs and we send them the menu and they do that at home with their parents and right afterwards our teachers would facetime the parents to see the outcome so it, it's a really unique way but it's also it's still maintaining that social uh, need that children want because children they're asking why are we not at daycare why are we not seeing our friends and you got to explain to them but also how can we make it a new thing for them now a new routine where hey facetime is okay it's not bad and you know a lot of children find it it's, it's kind of fun using the iphone my not quite two-year-old quite enjoys playing with my iphone she can zoom in zoom out she can tell me she doesn't want this one she wants that it, it's actually quite nice to see how their brain and their fine motor skills kind of evolve using technology and, and a, a small little device. Yeah, it really reminds you or goes to show the, the resilience of kids and their adaptability in these times. And I think that from so many of the other parents that I've been speaking to is, is that that reminder is like a huge stress reliever in a lot of ways when you're you're so consumed and so worried about how your kids are going to do with it and then you realize like kids have a, a remarkable ability to bounce back and be adaptable and to learn and to sort of change and obviously there's times where that's easier than others but i mean like you said coming up with these other interesting alternatives can be incredibly adequate substitutes for for getting them the things that they need for for maintaining those communities that they need for creating moments of play and healthy diets and all those sorts of things yes absolutely and a huge part of what we've been trying to do with this podcast is is mm -hmm. talk to a range of people, you know, between parents and childcare providers and um, people within the medical space and the outdoor rec space and all those sorts of things. And we want to get answers to those questions that we have and that parents have, but also to sort of remind parents out there who are struggling with this to remember that there is a whole community of people out there and that there are other people who are trying to answer these same questions and um, leveraging whether it's technology or whatever it might be. I mean, it kind of has to be technology these days because of physical yeah. and social distancing, but <laughs> right. re reaching out to friends and family and to teachers mm -hmm. and to those community groups to um, either vent or to get suggestions and recommendations of things that, that work well for them. So it's cool that you guys mm -hmm. are sort of instituting that on your own yes. already organically. And, and what's great is that, you know, we're a licensed childcare facility. And what's great is when your licensing officer is fully supportive that you know you're doing something right. Totally. So uh, yeah, it, it's great, yeah. So do you have any like specific recommendations or things that you think that, you know, parents may not know about or, or, or resources and things that you would recommend that people can look at outside of your, your network that might be beneficial to parents who are trying to figure out how to keep their kids entertained and, and, um, and healthy and active at these times? Yeah, so right now what I find really helpful is going on Facebook and joining any mommy groups or um, the uh, childcare groups. And with that, usually you have ECEs and parents online that are providing comments and giving options on like how to entertain your children. And if you previously had your child enrolled in childcare, definitely contact your childcare providers and ask them for what does a daily schedule look like? 
at the center and uh, what can we do to do to provide you know the same sort of routine and consistency for the children at home um, so I think you know staying connected with your child care providers are great being on social media is really helpful um, for me, I'm constantly juggling between, you know, following up global live news and, and CTV and hearing what's the update on COVID-19. And then I switch over to my like mommy group on WhatsApp and trying to find out, hey, what are you guys doing today with the kids? And usually it's, it's nice to still have that social bantering and, you know, a little bit of um, support from your parents and making it um, fun. I think is, is really important during these times is having that sense of humor. And what's really interesting, I find sometimes on Facebook is finding that uh, people are posting, you know, little memes and little quotes here and there. And it kind of just makes you smile a bit. And I think that's, I think at times like these is what we need. Yeah, because it's important, obviously, to keep kids entertained, but also I think parents need yes. that, that bit of sanity check also to make sure that oh, they for still sure. are able to, you know, survive in a, in a pleasant way through all of this. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you, you're really grateful for nap times because that's when you can actually do some work these days yeah. <laughs> working from home. So, yeah, uh, definitely just stay, stay in contact and um, just getting yourself online and just seeing. Just even sometimes I find reading comments from people, it makes you laugh or makes you think, and sometimes you want to chime in. And I think that's really good socially, too, to you know, comment as well on the questions that are being asked online. Yeah, to actually engage as opposed to just being a silent observer. Exactly. Yeah, and I think you, you, you hit on another thing a few times that I think is really important and that I've heard from a few other people about the idea of just making sure that a routine is established um, and establishing yes. that routine early on, especially because at this point we don't really know how long this is going to last. And right. from what I've heard from a lot of parents also is that it can be really overwhelming if you think about the big picture and say, like, what are we going to do if this lasts, you know, three, four, five months, whatever it might be. And it's better to sort of take it a week at a time. And I think that, you know, building right. out routines and schedules is a great way to sort of break it down into its micro tasks so it doesn't feel super overwhelming. Yeah. And if you like know, you know, today is a special day, we're going to go look at cherry blossoms and then we're going to come home and we're going to color cotton balls and pink paint and then draw a tree and make cherry blossom as a craft like that. That's something fun for the child because they can see it. They've been outside, they've walked and then they come home and they can do a craft and that kind of, you know, buys you an hour. Right. So it's just finding ways to um, use the outside environment and bringing it in home, keeping the consistency and don't be afraid to go online and just Google and, just find information that can help you. Yeah, and it's amazing to see the solutions that parents and kids are coming up with. And I think it's also um, a really positive thing from what I've seen on social media is that for the most part, it seems like a lot of parents and, and you know, adults who might not necessarily be parents but are dealing with work from home situations with people who have kids mm -hmm. at home is people are seeming to be incredibly understanding and maintaining a sense of humor about the whole thing, which I think is really important because the last thing you want to do is introduce more stress at these times. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, my friends ask me, they're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great. You know, having a not quite two year old is actually free entertainment because, you know, they do such strange things all the time and you're constantly watching them. So time passes by quite quickly, but you know, board games are a great way to keep your older children engaged. Uh, and, you know, 
internet, I think it's great for them to research what is this COVID-19, you know, for the older children and just, you know, embrace what we're dealing with and find a teaching opportunity to teach the older children. I mean, my little one practices washing her hands and while she's washing her hands, she has to sing a song. So we practice singing a song. So there's lots of ways you can be creative in getting your children um, first to understand what's going on and what's around the world, but also, you know, what can we do at home? Totally. So are there any, I know that you mentioned like, you know, different mom groups on Facebook and things like that. Are there any groups that you would recommend that people check out if they want to learn more about some of these things or engage in some of these things that you've mentioned? Um, I've also used Pinterest. I find that really helpful. I mean, there's lots of beautiful arts and crafts on Pinterest that you're like, oh my goodness, it's when you actually do it, it's not <laughs> what it looks like in the picture. So that that's kind of deceiving sometimes, but it's worth a try. I think Pinterest is quite fun. Aspirational, uh, if nothing else. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and otherwise, you know what? You're, you're, going into yourself like thinking hey what would i have wanted to do as a kid what would have been fun for me i mean given the situation we're all in right now like we got to be creative as adults so maybe we could find something that we never thought would be something we would do on a regular basis so for instance my husband decided he's gonna start playing marble runs so he builds this little thing out of plastic tubes and then he'll stick marbles through and find ways to extend the marble run so I mean, there's lots of ways that as adults, we can be creative in finding things using, you know, pipe cleaners or using, you know, since we're a shortage of toilet paper, but I'm sure <laughs> if we can find some toilet paper rolls, the empty ones, we can, you know, do some crafts with that. But there's definitely ways you can uh, bring out your inner child for the adults. Yeah. And I'm sure that's, you know, your child seeing a parent being passionate about doing these things just makes them want to engage in it more and creates more family fun, which is ultimately the the goal. So yeah. And one thing I said, don't worry about making a mess out of your house. Cause you know what? No one's coming to your house <laughs> yeah, and it's okay to have a mess. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So lots of um, family time right now and cooking meals, taking your time. I mean, stretch out everything instead of, you know, making, pancakes make waffles or like make bread you know find time to you know do things that you usually don't do and um somehow make it fun for your kids and integrate your kids with that yeah because i think that that's sort of the big sort of perspective shift that it seems like a lot of people are starting to have is that instead of being stressed out about the fact that you're trying to manage these things and having a kid at home is is to celebrate the fact that this becomes an incredibly um rare opportunity that we don't normally have to spend quality time together as a family because you know normally spending time at the office or work wherever that might be and kids being at school and shuffling around to different programs and whatever like this is a chance to really spend some quality time as a family and I think that leaning into that is only going to yield positive things especially with uncertainty out there in the world. Yeah, and I find another great way is, you know, I still want to support my local businesses. So I'm online sometimes. I'm like, oh, there's a sale of this certain toy. So I'll go online and purchase it. And it shows up in our front doorstep. The child's super excited to receive a shipment and uh, a package. And they get to open the package, providing, you know, I've Lysoled and cleaned the box. <laughs> and then they can rip open. But yeah, there's uh, so little things. And then even ordering in food, asking them to like help you on, you know, skip the dishes or DoorDash or Uber Eats. And 
ask them like, what would you like? Look, what picture looks great? You know, so there's lots of fun ways we can um, get our child involved. Cool. Well, I think that these tips and, and suggestions and stories that you've told have been incredibly uh, great and interesting. And I think will be really helpful to a lot of people out there who are trying to figure out how to manage this. So I really appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing your advice and your experiences with everybody because uh, I think that's what everybody needs right now. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And everybody um, stay healthy and stay safe and we'll be out of this soon, I hope. But um, otherwise, enjoy the cherry blossoms. They're beautiful. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks so much again, Aaron. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Aaron and found some useful tips that you can incorporate with your family during this coronavirus. If you want more information about any of our other episodes or want to check out more of the COVID-19 miniseries that we're doing as part of Biba's Rediscovering Play podcast, visit us at rediscoveringplay.fm, check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or any of your favorite podcast platform. I'm your host, Mike Rosen, and thanks so much for taking the time to rediscover play with us.